Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with the professor, John Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with the Professor. We are pleased to be joined by Dean Blandino from Fox, who used to be the supervisor of officials in the National Football League. And, of course, uh, was the also uh, worked the XFL. So we have plenty to talk about. So, Dean, I guess the big thing was it's like, you know, and I mean, I can't remember how many owners meetings we were together uh, in March uh, through the years. But it's like uh, this is, is surprisingly it was as few changes uh, as far as rule changes, bylaw changes and everything else as we've really seen. It got kind of different in this regard. Yeah, no question. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We, you know, we've we've kind of changed for for good reasons. A lot of rules have changed over the years, and we've added a lot of safety rules, and, and that's been a positive for the game. I, I think I think the game is in a good place, and and obviously um, with what's been going on around the country and around the world. Um, you know, we, we're kind of we're going to be a little bit behind the eight ball when the when the season starts because officials haven't been able to get out and and, and get to and, and get to to do the work that they've done in the past. They're doing a lot of video video conferencing and virtual studying. Um, so not having a bunch of rule change, I think, is a positive, and uh, and we'll kind of see how the season goes. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I, I, what you wonder about, because uh, I know that you were involved in this for, through all the years, is that there's usually you know, getting together with all the officials down in Dallas to have kind of a camp to, uh, you know, get everything up to speed. But I kind of wonder, uh, you know, with the way things are going, there may be a, a, a likelihood that that may not happen, and you may have everybody going into the season preseason or whatever without having grouped together. Yeah, I, I think that's the reality is that you're probably not going to get the entire group of officials together in person. I, I know they've already had some virtual meetings. Um, I work with a lot of the college conferences. Most of their summer clinics will be virtual. The NFL will probably follow suit. So, so there will be an opportunity to work with the officials uh, and, and, and give them training and direction it's just going to be done a little bit differently, like everybody else right now is, is doing things virtually. I think the other thing that, that they're missing is, you know, we would have been done probably by now with visiting all of the clubs. You know, the officiating department would go out and meet with the coaching staffs and go through points of emphasis and rules changes, and, and that hasn't happened yet. So, so it's going to, there's going to be a lot to catch up on. And and that's going to be the challenge as we get closer to the season. Yeah, the one one thing I kind of wonder about is that uh, you know with the fact that there's so little change, which I think is good because sometimes you know change happens and you get un, unintended consequences and things don't go well. The what I was kind of wondering because this year it just seemed. Uh, with the way it went last week, that the traditionalist owners, you know, the older type owners, that not wanting too much change kind of won out. And so far, you know, maybe in the last seven or eight years, that hasn't happened. Yeah, you, you look, the reality is, is when the way they did it this year, and obviously it was necessary, you're not going to have the same um, interaction. You're not, you know, you think about those league meetings, that we've been at, you know, that, that's that's over the course of four or five days. People have a chance to talk, you know, privately. People have a chance to get together outside of meetings and have conversations and kind of convince each other of different things. And, and that's, you know, that's not happening. And so you get everybody um, in this virtual meeting. It was only one person per club where in, in a normal world, it's two people in the room. Um, and everybody has a chance to really exchange ideas, and, and I'm, not, I'm just not sure if that if that was the case this year. And, and like you said, you know, the, four, the the fourth and fifteen onside alternative, which is 
kind of a, a new way of looking at the game and would be a fundamental change. Um, didn't didn't have the votes to pass, so they tabled it. And I think you're right that those more of those those traditionalist um, you know owners uh, really you know got their way on that one. One of the things I've always respected about you was just your ability to kind of see into the future because, I mean, you were able to, you know, visualize what it is with replay, try to get more visual things and get, take it in that direction. Uh, I was kind of disappointed, not surprised, but disappointed that they didn't do Sky Judge. Seems like the competition committee is not in favor of it. Uh, it was, a, what, 16, 16? We actually just had to pull it because they didn't have enough votes. And uh, you, you executed it so perfectly in the XFL. I mean, do you see a time where they could have sky judge because even at this stage they don't even want to call it sky judge. Yeah, it's it's yes, they, it will happen in the NFL. There there will be some form whatever they they want to call it, there will be some form of a sky judge in the NFL. This first step it's going to be a preseason experiment. It's interesting. I just think I and I don't I don't disagree with the approach. I think we all saw what happened last year when we kind of changed the, the pass interference review rule based on more or less one play, and we got to see the unintended consequences play out. So I like that it's an experiment. Test it first, kind of, you know, dip your toe in the water, and, uh, and then kind of learn, get some learnings, and work forward. Uh, I think the way it's designed, it's not going to be what people would normally consider a sky judge to do, which could help on, on pretty much anything. Uh, it's going to be still reviewable plays, whether it's possession or scoring plays or, or, or sidelines, boundaries, things like that. And the on-field crew is going to have to ask for information from the replay official, and they're going to have to do it um, before there's 25 seconds on the play clock. That's a very short window. And, uh, and I think ultimately um, what will happen is the, the, the replay officials will end up giving the information. Most crews will have that conversation and tell replay to just give us the information if you do see something. Um, different than what we have on the field and uh, and they'll study it and uh, and they'll see where we go I, I don't know if they'll have the, the the impetus to put it in for the regular season but if it goes really well the commissioner does have that ability it, that does have that ability to do that and of course what the uh, the new system is going to be at least in the preseason as an experiment is that the replay official or at least will you communicate even on a non uh, replay type situation, but would that, because uh, again, these people were pretty much, they're not uh, officials, ex-officials or anything of that nature. Uh, and so they, they won't be able to know the rulings in that, but they do have the eyes. Cause I go back to the new Orleans non-call and it would have been a real simple thing. Just, you know, whether it's somebody in New York say, Bill Vinovich, throw the flag. And so, because it was easy to see on the camera, but it was not able to see you know, on the field. And, you know, would they be able to at least, you know, make the mention? It's like, okay, Bill, you might want to throw the flag on that one. Yeah, I think that, I think that's where it's going. And, and I think that the competition committee and the way they presented this rule, it doesn't say that, but I think this is the first step to that. And like you said, um, you know, had, had somebody, whether it's New York or replay, stepped in during that game and said, hey, get together, talk about it, drop a flag, we do have a foul. Um, we might not we, we might not have to be even talking about this at this point. We might not we certainly wouldn't have had past interference review. And and uh, I just think the 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 amount the technology has advanced to a point where that we've got to help the officials um, in certain situations. We have to let them do their job and administer the game and call the game because the rules are written for on-field officials to make decisions in real time, but use technology to help them in game-changing 
impactful situations, and I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, of course, you talk about the un- unintended consequences. I mean, with that pass interference rule and other different things, out of it now has come a major shift in the uh, administration in that office. And, of course, uh, you know, Al Riveron is still there, but you've got Walt Anderson, you've got Perry Fuel kind of now running the department. Yeah, it's and look, and, and there's that is a very that job. I, look, I did it. Um, I, I've seen other people do it. It's a very difficult job. And there are a lot of responsibilities that come with that. So I, I like the concept of bringing people in and, and dividing some of the responsibilities. I love the idea of having a coach. We had we had coaches that that weren't that weren't working that season come in. Jeff Fisher, Lovey Smith, Ken Wisenhunt, Jim Schwartz that came and spent the season with us, and it was invaluable. I learned so much from them. So I like the addition of Perry because um, he can bring that coach's perspective. Um, my only my only concern is is ultimately, and I think this is going to fall on Troy Vincent, ultimately somebody has to be responsible for the department and somebody has to answer for the officiating. And uh, and with the team concept, you got to have one person that is overseeing it. I think that's going to be Troy, and I think it's going to fall on him um, you know, on, in a lot of these areas. Yeah. And of course, what concerns do you have? You know, the officials got a new five-year contract extension, which is uh, well-deserved. But out of that, uh, with the way that they're doing the pensions, you know, it appears over a course of this year and next year. And of course, we'll find out in July, you know, who's going to retire uh, and get out of it uh, by then for next year. Uh, there could be as many as two dozen officials, many of them the best in football, not there, and a lot of younger guys. Now, I know you, you've you worked with this now in college and that, and you've worked with it with the XFL. How much of a issue is that going to be? There's no question that's an issue. You're, you're trying to strike a balance. It's just like a team. You're trying to strike a balance between – you know, that, that the veteran, the core group of veterans that you have on, on your team, on your officiating staff, and then, you know, continue to bring in, continue to bring in new people um, that, that are going to learn and are going to become that core group of veterans. And I just think that there has been a backlog. There have been a lot of officials that, um, quite frankly, have, have stayed longer than they should have. And, and experience is great. But there comes a point in time in, in all of our lives where we're just not as good as we used to be. And, and we have to recognize that and give somebody else an opportunity to step in. Now it's, it's, it's on the NFL to try to scout the college, the college officiating ranks and get the best people, get a, a, an inclusive group, um, and, and make sure we're hiring the best people. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of come to this. The last couple of years, we've seen quite a, a an exodus and an overturn in the staff and, uh, I think you're going to see more of that, and especially at the referee position, when you look at the number of new referees in their first, you know, first three years. That's a big, big challenge for the NFL, and, and I think they're they're handling it, but it's just something you got to continue to work at. In the big picture, how difficult is that now? Because uh, you know the millennials. Uh to whatever way you, you think about it, you know, they don't uh, want to do the $50 type of games uh, in high school. And it, it's now to the point in high school where, uh, you know, you have to spread the games out to Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays just to get enough qualified officials out there. And so the pool of candidates, you know, from high school up is shrinking. Yeah. And there's no question the participation levels, even in, even in states that are, historically don't have issues with like Texas, Ohio, Florida, you're seeing those levels drop and that's across all sports and officiating because, you know, for several reasons, it's, I think it's a, it's a negative environment many times. And you see people, you see younger, younger people that get into it 
and then have a bad experience with a, with a fan, a coach, a, a parent, and, and then they don't go back. And so it's incumbent upon us, you know, as officiating leadership across the country to create opportunities, mentorship opportunities, programs that, that can work with young people to, to expose them to officiating as a potential career and then help retain them and, and provide experience and, and, and support for them as they continue their career. Because eventually, if, if at the grassroots level we're getting less and less quality people in, eventually that's going to trickle up to the NFL and the overall quality of the NFL officiating staff is going to, is going to uh, you know, degrade over time, and, and nobody wants that. How would you grade right now the state of officiating in the National Football League? Yeah, you know, I, I always look at it. I've been around. I started in 1994. I think officials on the field are better than they've ever been. I think there's more training. There's more access to video. I think, you know, fitness, diet, all the things we know about keeping ourselves in good shape is, is better. We know more information. So I think the officiating on the field is, is better than it, than it ever was. I feel like the scrutiny is greater than it ever has been, and it's going to continue to increase Every year, they'll be under more and more scrutiny. Um, I think that there has been, you know, as you think about replay, obviously last year with pass interference replay, for a variety of reasons, that didn't work. And I think it ultimately, um, you know, we can sit there and say it, was, it didn't work because of this, this, or that. But ultimately, it just showed that those subjective calls, like pass interference, like offensive holding, are going to be difficult to adjudicate in replay. That's just replay was not designed for those calls. And so I think that kind of led people, that result and how that was that was implemented led people to kind of look at officiating in a bad light. But I, I think the officiating is, is better than it's ever been on the field, and, uh, and it's just the scrutiny continues to increase. Well, you've always brought up, uh, because, again, you're so you know, digitally and visual and all that stuff, that uh, so many times you at home watching the game sometimes get a better view on your 65-inch screen uh, and the ability to roll it back a little bit uh, than some of the officials who are out there running and could be you know, their sight blocked by a 6'7 offensive lineman. Yeah, there's no question. That's why we have to use the video to help them. We can't replace them, but we need to help them because I've always said, look, if you if you watch a game on TV and you see a missed call um, and you sit there and go, how did that official miss that? Well, you're looking at it from four or five different angles, angles that that official didn't have. You, you, you have the ability to slow it down, go frame by frame. Watch that, watch that game on the field live from the sideline, and you, and you would think, how do they ever get anything right? It happens so quickly, and they only get one look at it. So it's a balance, and it's, it's using the technology so that what the fan has at home, we can't have a situation where the fan has more a, a greater ability to see you know, right or wrong when it comes to officiating than the actual officials. And that's why we implemented a replay system, but we always knew, I remember George Young, um, and uh, the great, you know, the former um, uh, general manager of the Giants and in the Hall of Fame who worked with us at the league office, you know, he was concerned that it was going to mushroom, and uh, and it definitely has, but we, we've got to continue to strike the right balance between letting the officials 
officiate the game on the field and helping them with technology when it's really going to have a significant impact on the game. One thing that I think, uh, and you've talked about it through the years too, that uh, there seems there needs to be a little bit more simplicity in the way that the rules have been written and are being uh, was written about. Like for example, that's one thing that has, still has not been corrected, at least from my standpoint. You know, like for example, here they're doing the fourth and fifteen, trying to <clears throat> get that ready, and like within forty-eight hours before they vote, you know, they added another page to uh to the rule and it's like uh, they got to stop doing that because you know just like in the catch rule it was always you know ball in hand feet in bounds and 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 they've got to take the and out of these things because it makes it too confusing for the officials who have to make the calls uh no question we've got to continue to simplify the rules and sometimes look the football is it it can be a complicated game and the rules you know have evolved over the years and, and you look at things when 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 coaches use the existing rules and try to gain an advantage, like we saw this year with, with the, the clock, you know, the Patriots and, and then the Titans doing, you know, trying to take time off the clock, right? You've got to, you've got to create exceptions and right rules to prevent those types of things. And, and that, that happens over the years. But I think, I think when you look at, it's a great example, that fourth and 15, I understand the reasoning why they would propose it, um, you know, create more excitement at the end of the game. Ultimately, I don't think the NFL has an excitement problem. And I think that 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 was a great example of just thinking about, okay, fourth and 15 is going to be a great idea. Well, guess what? There are a whole host of things that we have to work through. And now when you have a a, a page of, of, of a summary that talks about penalty enforcements and clocks and things like that, are we really making it easier on the officials? Um, and I, I don't think that was a bad proposal. I, I just think that, that that's an example of, how the rules can be complicated and how we have to we have to continue to reduce the variables not increase them because that's that's going to make the officials job that much harder when we continue to add things to their play. Yeah, and I felt so bad for the officials and you you know you know that uh, hotels that uh, they stay in and I'm usually staying in the same hotel so I get a chance to, yeah. to and they've been very good to me through the years but uh, you know it gets to the point where uh, it, get, it gets so confusing particularly when they go just like you said into the judgment calls you know uh, the pass interference and all that uh, that uh, you know, it's like okay you want it that way and you can look at a replay on some things and you know one person can say it's gonna it should be a flag one person say it shouldn't be a flag that's it and that's why past interference was so tough for replay because you can i've been in rooms with coaches and we'll put up we'll look at you know 10 past interference plays and we 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 can't get consensus on any one of them and uh and that's just the judgment part of it and that's why it's really hard to 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 look at those plays in replay and let the officials if if the if we think the officials need to do a better job on the field with pass interference let's let's utilize ways to coach them up make them better teach them train them what is what is in pass interference give them clear examples give them clear direction that comes from the competition committee and uh, and keep reemphasizing um you know when they make calls right and and correcting things when they when they don't get calls right and i think that's how you that's how you fix um any potential problem with pass interference or any other any other rule to wrap it up, what things from the XFL that you were involved with that looked so good? Because, again, I, what I like was a sky judge and then the ability to see what the sky judge was saying and hear what he was saying and that communication. But what things from the XFL should be advanced into the NFL? Well, you know, I, I thought the XFL, look, the, the NFL and the XFL are two different entities. The XFL doesn't, you know, it was new. You could do some different things. You didn't have 
the the fan base that was invested in, in all of those things. So I, the transparency worked really well in, in the in the XFL. I don't know if the NFL will ever get there. I don't know if 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 hearing exactly what a, a replay official or a sky judge or whatever else is saying at all times is is necessarily good. I think it helps. Um, I, I loved what the XFL did with the kickoff. I thought as we look at the kickoff and, and the, the rate of injury on kick returns, the XFL looked at it and they said, let's keep the kick return in the game and let's just eliminate some of those high-impact collisions. And and it worked. You know, 94% of kicks were returned in the XFL. Um, no reported concussions. Small sample size, obviously. But but a positive um, in terms of you know how it how it played out and and we got to see exciting plays and and I think that's something that I know both the NFL and the college rules and competition committees have discussed uh, and and I think that would be something um, you know going forward as they continue to look at the the kickoff and keeping it in the game that might be an option for uh, for the NFL. Dean Blandino, I can't thank you enough. Uh, looking forward to uh, both listening to you, watching you, and being with you at games that uh, we're awaiting for. Thanks for joining us on Schooled with the Professor. Thanks for having me, John. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor. Thank you.